0: Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks, and welcome to episode 89 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. This week I'm talking about oxalic acid treatments through the winter, so if you're planning to treat your bees, do stay tuned. Beekeeping Short and Sweet a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. Welcome back once more to my weekly podcast. We're back on track now after my recent absence and we've lots to talk about over the coming weeks as we head into Christmas and the new year. I reckon we've got about 12 weeks before we might be able to have our first sneaky peek into the hives at the start of the new season, somewhere around the middle of March, I would think but of course that all depends on the weather. This year I was looking at giant colonies being moved onto the oilseed rape fields in the middle of March, whereas in 2018 we'd just seen the last of the snow melt away, so if we're able to open the hives up it won't be full inspections of course, it'll be just a quick look to make sure that all is well and that the bees have been able to see off the long winter months i say long winter months but the time seems to be sprinting through here we are at the beginning of december there's a crisp frost outside the skies are a pale wintry blue colour and for once there's not a cloud in the sky what's that deadpool expression it's beginning to look a lot like christmas So my last week has been a busy one. I've been getting a few large honey orders ready to go out for the Christmas rush, uh, but have been slowed up a little bit by the lack of labels. I've been redesigning my labels and trying out a new label supplier. The first batch, a special Christmas hamper label, was a great success, and so I've decided to switch all of my labels over to this particular printer. I'm just waiting for them to arrive and then I have several hundred jars of honey to label and deliver. I'll probably be out delivering honey as you listen to this podcast if you're listening to it hot off the press as it were. The rest of the week has been spent dealing with a lot of online inquiries for next year's experience days that I'm running. Lots of beginner beekeepers will be getting a trip to my apiaries next season and I'm always excited to share my beekeeping knowledge with them and help them start their beekeeping journey. On the subject of Experience Days, I have a special offer for all of my Patreon supporters. I'm going to be running Experience Days specifically for patrons who've signed up to my $10 reward tier. And if you take a look at the Patreon website, you'll see all of the details that I've listed there. The dates which I've yet to add to the diary will be specifically designed to answer questions you might have regarding your beekeeping so depending on the topics you'd like covered we could look at queen rearing basics we could look at more advanced queen rearing techniques disease inspections setting up an apiary honey production the list is endless really the days will include lunch and all refreshments all you have to do is bring yourself your spotlessly clean bee suit and wellies and we'll get straight into it They're going to be held at my Fishing Lakes apiaries where you'll be able to see how lucky I am to have such a beautiful location to keep bees. I'll be restricting the number of beekeepers that attend each day so you get the absolute maximum amount of time with me in front of the bees and we'll finish the day with a questions and answers session over a drink and a slice of cake. There always has to be cake, of course. I've posted all of the details on the Patreon page and there'll be some more details about how to book the days coming up in the coming weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun and I'm sure you'll get a huge amount of information out of the days. So, on to today's topic of oxalic acid treatments. I spent a lot of time this week answering questions about the Provap 220 oxalic acid sublimator that I sell as it was available as a Black Friday deal and I had a very good response to that and it got me thinking we should really discuss the use of oxalic acid through the winter as I've been asked on a couple of occasions to talk more thoroughly about this particular treatment. Let's start by saying that I know there are a lot of beekeepers out there that don't treat with oxalic acid over winter and in fact there are a lot of beekeepers out there that don't treat at all. You all know my feelings on taking care of my honeybees and I, for one, treat my bees, mainly to control the varroa mite and all the potential viral challenges that it can bring. And I consider my honeybees to be my responsibility and as livestock, I feel the need to do all I can to keep them in good health. I understand there are other views and everyone's entitled to their own view. We don't always have to agree, but that's what keeps the conversations interesting, I think. So having said all that, I'm going to treat this winter with oxalic acid both in the sublimator and using the trickle method. Firstly oxalic acid is potentially a very dangerous substance so you must take every precaution in looking after yourself and others around you. Not just when you're treating the bees but also if you're storing spare oxalic acid dihydrate crystals at home. Always label any containers, always keep them out of reach of little ones, and make sure you're fully conversant with how to use it before you step out to treat your bees. Right, that's the health and safety lecture out of the way, but I feel that it's really important to mention it. So let's get on with talking more about the actual products. I don't want to go into a deep and confusing discussion about the chemistry As for the vast majority of beekeepers, it's not really relevant or important to them. The internet is a wonderful place, but there are so many places you can go to for information. You could find yourself falling down a rabbit hole alongside Alice. There are also a lot of videos on YouTube showing all manner of ways to use oxalic acid treatments, and even one that I've seen where someone's tried to work out what happens as oxalic acid is heated in order to establish the best temperature to use for treating bees with oxalic acid. I have to put myself in the very same category of YouTubers offering up information. It's my hope that all of the information that I've given on YouTube, Patreon and here on the podcast is always researched and as accurate as possible. The specific compound we're dealing with is called oxalic acid dihydrate. This is the product that's readily available for everyone to purchase and to use to treat their honeybees. Here in the UK, we have to use only authorised treatments and at the time of writing this, the Veterinary Medicines Directorate lists six products containing oxalic acid. I'll add a link to the podcast notes for the VMD website, so you can head over and research to see them for yourself. Of course, if you're not using an approved product, you can simply purchase oxalic acid from a wide range of resellers, as it's used in furniture making to clean wood. In alphabetical order, the ones available are Apibioxal, Danny's Binanvol powder and solution, this is the same as OxyB, according to the European Medicines Agency website. Oxivar, OxyB in powder and solution, and finally Varomed in two options. The Varomed products also contain formic acid, so if anyone has ever used Max, you'll know how powerful that can be. Having spent some time searching through various scientific peer-reviewed papers... It seems that the generally accepted way in which oxalic acid affects the Varroa is by causing damage to their mouth parts and at the same time causes an increased grooming pattern within the colony, causing the mites to be dislodged. During the winter months, mites are falling onto the floor of the beehive and they're either going to fall through the mesh floor or not be able to climb back onto the bees and therefore die of starvation. Again, I'll leave links to the papers in the podcast notes. Each of the approved treatments has a specific method of application and you should follow the manufacturer's instructions to get the very best results. I've read the instructions for use detailed on the submitted documents to the veterinary medicines directorate and to be honest they might just have copied and pasted a lot of the information from each other. So similar are they? That said there are some differences between the products so do read carefully before you proceed. The main issue is one of concentration. Mixing the products to get exactly the right concentration of oxalic acid is really important so that it's as effective as possible, but also that it doesn't do any excessive harm to the bees. The effectiveness of the oxalic acid treatment is also going to be impacted on how you deliver the treatment. If you don't take care in delivering the right amount, you could easily under or overdose the colony, resulting in either a lack of varroa mites being killed or a high number of bees being adversely affected. So after all that, simply remember to follow the instructions on the packet. As I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be using two different types of method, the sublimation method and the trickle method. These are probably the same methods that will be used by the vast majority of beekeepers, particularly here in the UK. So let's look at the trickle method first. One product that I'm very familiar with is apibioxal. It comes in a sachet of powdered oxalic acid crystals mixed with a little sugar for some reason. If you have the smallest packet, which is 35 grams, it will provide enough solution to treat around 10 colonies. This is because you mix the powder into 500 mils of one-to-one sugar syrup. But the instructions recommend just 5 mils per seam of bees with a maximum dose of 50 mils. So let's delve deeper into this for you. The recommended dose is just 5 mils of solution per seam of bees. Well I don't know about you but there won't be very many of my colonies that will have 10 seams of bees. Some may have eight seams. Again let me pause and just say that a seam of bees is the visible cluster of bees between two frames. I know I can get 12 frames into a full national brood box so that would be as many as 13 seams if you had bees from one side to the other. I know my bees are reducing in size at this time of the year, so the average currently is likely to be around seven, let's say. So, for my average colony of bees containing seven seams of bees, I'm going to use just seven times five mils of solution, giving a total of 35 mils of solution in total. So, how can you administer exactly 35 mils of solution five mils at a time? Well, you have a few options. Firstly, Buy yourself a box of 5ml syringes and fill each one with solution and keep them in a warm box, like a cool box, with a hot water bottle in it. You don't want to walk out to your hive, put the syringe down on a cold roof and then squirt icy cold syrup all over the bees. So keep the solution warm until you're ready to treat them. Secondly, and I tried this the very first few times that I treated my bees with oxalic acid, you could get a 50 mil syringe and put the maximum amount of treatment in the syringe anticipating you have a large colony. The honest result is the colonies got 50ml, regardless of whether they had 10 seams of bees or 5 seams of bees. And in the latter case, they got the equivalent of a double dose. Sometimes because the plunger got a little stuck and more pressure suddenly saw solution shoot out of the syringe like a water spout, Other times because 5ml, well, just didn't seem to be like it was enough. To be fair, I don't think the bees were particularly harmed by the overdose or the high pressure jet, but you should always treat with the right dose as carefully as you can. For me, the best trickle treatment method of application was to use a spring-loaded dosing syringe used for treating sheep with medication. These can be set to the exact dose have a spring system which means that when you squirt in the first dose and release the handle it automatically refills. It's quick and efficient. For this method I connected a thin tube to the rear of the dosing gun and had it fed down into a thermos flask which kept the solution nice and warm. It also means that where you have less than 10 seams of bees in the hive you might actually be able to treat more than 10 colonies suggested with that apibioxal 35 gram mixture. Oh and of course if you only have a couple of hives you could get together with a couple of other beekeeping friends and treat everyone's colonies at the same time and not waste any leftover solution. The process is very simple as usual where your bee suit and light a smoker just in case, remove the roof and crime board, take off any fondant that you might be feeding and gently trickle the treatment along each line or seam of bees between the frames. Replace the fondant, crime board, pop on the roof and job done. It's really as simple as that. Whether you've treated your bees in the autumn or not, I think a winter treatment of oxalic acid is a really effective method of reducing the number of mites inside your beehives and gives the bees a helping hand for the start of the new season. Remember, oxalic acid is only effective against the phoretic mites within the colony. That is to say, the mites that are exposed to the oxalic acid and not any that are hidden within the cells of sealed brood. This means you have to make a decision. Treat when there's likely to be no or minimal amount of sealed brood. I always think something around the shortest day. The 21st of December is a good choice, I think. Or else you have to open the colony, disrupt the cluster and destroy any sealed brood that you find. I've always gone for the non-destructive, non-disruptive method and the bees seem to do well on it. I've even had colonies drop hundreds of mites despite being treated in the autumn, so I do think it's well worth doing. One of the research papers I've been reading again talks about the various amounts of oxalic acid used and how effective it is. It was very interesting reading and I'm using their numbers as a guide this year. The paper's title is, and it's quite lengthy, Towards Integrated Control of Varroa to, close brackets, Comparing Application Methods and Doses of Oxalic Acid on the Mortality of Phoretic Varroa mites and their honeybee Hosts. As I say, it's quite a lengthy title, but if you post that into Google, you'll probably come up with a PDF copy of it. I think the paper is freely available, but I'll include a link in the podcast notes as well, should you want to take a look. Moving on to the sublimation method of application, this has become my standard method of treatment using oxalic acid dihydrate. As you're all probably aware I import and sell the ProVap 220 oxalic acid sublimator and it's been working really well for me since I started using it. It is quite an expensive piece of kit so if you're only treating a few colonies then maybe the trickle method is the most cost effective way to continue but for anyone with a lot of hives and who hasn't already got something set up I think the sublimator is a great saver of time and dosing the bees is fast and effective. The sublimator, and of course there are others on the market, works by heating the oxalic dihydrate crystals super fast and causing them to sublimate. This is where the compound is taken from its solid state to its gaseous state instantly and not passing through the liquid state en route. This is why sublimators work so well and are comparatively expensive. The cheaper sublimators work by being connected to a power source once the oxalic acid is placed in the bowl and then heated. This can mean the temperature increase isn't quick enough to cause the oxalic acid crystals to sublimate. Instead, they transition through the solid, liquid and finally into the gaseous state and in doing so may decompose into other compounds. The true sublimators are already at a high enough temperature to cause actual sublimation and this keeps the oxalic acid from degrading. So, The Provap 220 sublimator has a heating element that is controlled to a set temperature of 230 degrees centigrade. This is at the bottom of a metal bowl, much like a tobacco smoker's pipe. It has a small pipe leading out where the sublimated vapour is ejected as it turns into a gas. The oxalic acid is measured out and placed in a small bowl which has a seal around it, and it fits snugly into the heating element bowl. So if you imagine you have the sublimator turned upside down to fit onto the oxalic acid bowl and it's then pushed into place. Of course before all of this happens you have to prepare the hives. I plug up the entrances with foam and insert varroa boards at the back of the floors. I've also drilled holes through the back of the floors and these are normally plugged with a wooden golf tee for most of the season. Once prepared I'm all kitted out in my PPE, my personal protective equipment. As I said at the start this stuff can be lethal so you have to take every precaution. Once prepared I push the provap unit down onto the small bowl containing the oxalic acid treatment wearing a thick heat resistant glove as the bottom of the unit is going to be around 230 degrees C2. Then holding the unit upside down I push the nozzle into the hole in the back of the floor of the hive and then turn the unit the right way up and tap the bowl with my hive tool to make sure all of the crystals fall down onto the hot plate. There's an immediate hiss and the hive fills with oxalic acid vapour. Check out my video online showing oxalic acid treatment using this method to see just how quickly it works. After about 20 or 30 seconds, the vapour is fully injected into the hive, the nozzle withdrawn and the golf tee replaced. I move on to the next hive and then the next until I've treated all of the hives in the apiary. I read, with a certain amount of scepticism it has to be said, in the instructions for the vast majority of the authorised products that the reason you should treat all of the hives at the same time is to prevent migration of mites from one hive to another within the apiary. I'm not sure there would be many mites moving around from hive to hive in the dead of winter, but I'm sure they've done their scientific research. It's just that I haven't seen it in my searches. Anyway, once I've reached the end of the apiary run, I pack away the equipment, tidy everything up, and then walk around and remove the foam inserts on all of the hives to make sure that I don't leave the apiary with all of the bees trapped inside their hives. I leave the varroa boards in and go back a few days later, sometimes as much as a week, and remove them. This gives the treatment a chance to work and allows me to have a quick look to see if it in fact has been worth it. I'll post some pictures of a post-oxalic acid treatment on a hive that I thought had been treated in the autumn but maybe not as the drop rate was enormous. I think this alone gives me confidence in saying anyone considering treating this winter with oxalic acid regardless of method or equipment I would thoroughly recommend it. It gives the bees the best possible chance of a good start in the spring by keeping mite levels down to a level where the colony can thrive and the mites won't explode in the middle of the summer and weaken the colony that should be in full honey production mode. Whether you choose to treat your mites or not this winter is for you to decide but whatever you choose to do I hope you're able to get all of your bees through the winter months and into the new season. Well that's it for this week thanks for all your comments and support and if you're not yet familiar with Patreon do catch up with more of my beekeeping journey by checking out the content list on my creator page www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. Have a great week and thanks for hanging around until the end of the podcast. I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet.